0: Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. I've been thinking a lot about sleep lately and how important it is to get a lot of it and good quality with this current crisis going on. It's good for our mental health as well as for our immune systems. Well, I'm an empty nester and not getting enough sleep. So you parents of younger ones might be getting even less than I am. So I'm dedicating this podcast to all of you. So that maybe a few of these ideas can get you and your family a few more minutes of sleep or at least set a calmer tone in your house at bedtime. This podcast is for parents of toddlers through elementary school. I have a separate podcast on dealing with issues of sleep in teens, so please head there if you have older kids. In this podcast, we'll go through some ideas for moving toward bed, getting ready for bed, turning out the lights, and finally... Ideas for those of you who have kids who wake up at night. With that said, let's get started. For many kids, it's really hard to transition from playful family time to the lonely and boring time of bedtime and nighttime. Kids might be hyped up playing in roughhousing, or they might be involved in a really interesting show or a project or Legos or whatever, and things that might take way longer than our bedtime goals allow. Transitions are really hard for many kids, so we need to make the transitions as painless and battle free as possible. To do this, there are two things we have at our disposal which might prevent battles before they start choices and boundaries, or what love and logic might call loving limits. Most of the time, choices are really effective since kids just really want some control over their lives. We're so used to bossing them around that it makes some of them decide to say no just for the sake of saying no, no matter how reasonably we are. If we say it's bedtime, they're almost programmed to resist. Offering choices before you hear no is super important. You have to use choices early. If you have resistance, you've lost your battle already. So make your choices effective and as fun as possible early. Here's here's some ideas for choices. You might say something like this. Would you like to go to bed at 8 or 8.15? Knowing full well we want them to go to bed at 8.15. Would you like to set the bedroom timer or me? I love using timers, especially for kids who can't tell time on their own yet. Would you like to set the bedroom timer for 5 minutes or 15 minutes? Knowing you're fine with 15 minutes. If you give choices as to when to head to bed, use them again with how to get there. Try something fun like using, wow, it's time to head to bed. Would you like to, and then fill in some fun things like, I have some examples of, would you like to crawl on your tummy to bed or walk backwards? Or try, would you like to go blindfolded or have me carry you upside down? Or would you like to hop on one foot or skip to bed? Fun is super helpful. Being creative and offering different choices every night is also helpful. Once we get them in the vicinity of their bedroom, in the bathroom area where they're going to get ready for bed, um, we use choices again. Yep, again, we just keep using them. Just keep throwing lots of choices at them. So here are some ideas for that. Once they're in the bedroom area, would you like to brush your teeth first or put your PJs on first? Would you like to brush your top teeth or your bottom teeth first? Would you like to take a bubble bath or a lights out bath with a candle? Would you like to dry off with a big towel or lots of little washcloths? Would you like mint toothpaste or cinnamon toothpaste? Would you like to use electric toothbrush or hand brush today? Would you like to put your pajama top on first or your pajama bottoms? Would you like to sleep in your school clothes or in your pajamas? The idea is that you constantly throw new choices at them so they don't have time to think that one of their <laughs> responses might have been no. Being creative, I really think, is key to making choices be effective. Another skill that is super useful at bedtime is setting boundaries so that your kids know ahead of time what to expect and that they're things that you can stick to, meaning pick a boundary that's worth sticking to. If your kids can have input as to what the boundaries are, um, that can also be really ex- helpful, especially if they're you know in the older grades of elementary school and stuff like that. But um, the idea is that you have some boundaries. And for any boundary to be effective, there has to be a consequence if you don't get the result you're looking for. What, what am I talking about? Um, a useful b- boundary for most families at bedtime is setting which time kids are ready for bed. Let's say the family starts heading to bed at 7:15 and they want lights out by 8:15. They need a bath, brushing teeth, getting pajamas on and reading books all in that one hour of time. So the boundary that I would suggest is I read books. To kids who are ready for bed by eight o'clock, it's a simple statement that tells your kids that as long as they are ready, they can have books for fifteen minutes. You can always adjust the time for your family if you use thirty minutes for bed books or whatever. But in this example, we're just given fifteen minutes for books. So this also means that you, as a parent, have to be willing to have a child have a tantrum at eight o five p.m. who wasn't ready on time and will not be getting. Books tonight. You need to be ready to have this happen and to give love and empathy, not have a battle. You're going to say something like, Wow, this is so sad. I love reading books. I'm sad too. I can't wait till tomorrow night. You can give them hugs, but you cannot read to them. You have to hold your ground, especially when you know your child's currency is book time. You have to realize that your child had a choice. And they chose not to have book time. It wasn't you. So you need to let your child own that. But Mary, you might say, my child can't tell time yet. What do I do? Use timers again. Lots of timers if you need to. Cheap ones from Target or Amazon work great. Have your little one learn to set them. And get them maybe to even try a beat the clock type contests with them. Set one timer for 30 minutes, another for 15, another for five, another for the last one for two minutes. Just use them. Put them in different locations to make it fun if you want to, but make sure your kids know there's a limit and that they get to choose if they get books or not. You give love and empathy if they blow it. Some of you might want to try this on a weekend night if you've got work on weekdays, but you need to start and keep pulling it off for a few days For some kids to believe that your word is true, that there are no books if they are not ready. By the time bedtime comes around, most of us have our eyes on a goal some downtime without kids, maybe a glass of wine with our spouse or to watch a show that's not rated G. We say a prayer Please, Lord, let them fall asleep quickly so I can have some me time. However, many of us find our me time cut short kids not wanting to fall asleep some of us fall asleep with them that's what would happen to my husband and i some of us would sit close by outside the bedroom door feeling chained there until we can peek in and see that our kid is finally finally asleep then we tiptoe away as quietly as possible hoping we don't wake them is that you what can we do to get them to sleep if you have a child who really, really won't go to sleep without controlling where you are, then during the daytime, you need to spend some special time with them to brainstorm what they need at bedtime so that they can stay in bed. Special time is where one parent schedules some time with just them and the child. No siblings or distractions, just the two of you. During this time, you think about ideas for what they need at bedtime since your new boundary is that once books are done, mom and dad are done too. You will let them know that they are welcome to have bedroom time for as long as they want, but they must be quiet and stay in their room. You really can't force your child to sleep on command, but you can allow them to be quiet and in their room and allow them to be in control of their environment. During this special time, I'd offer more creative choices for those kids that need it. I might, um, um, here's things that I've offered in the past to parents. Would you like to sleep on the floor or in your bed? Would you like to sleep in your sleeping bag or with a different blanket? Would you like to be buried under a pile of stuffed animals so that I can't see you? Or would you like to be, have just one stuffed animal? Sorry. (laughs) Would you like the light on or the light off? The idea is that your child chooses all these things that really don't matter since what matters to you is that you get your me time and that they are quiet and in their room. They will eventually fall asleep. The first few nights that you do this, they might get less sleep, but eventually they'll understand and trust that they can have control over their environment and they'll sleep better. If your child won't stay in their room during this time, though, and you have to constantly put them back in or they have tantrums, then you need to deal with those. And I'd highly recommend that you go and listen to my fifth podcast, which tells you what to do about tantrums. In brief, though, for some kids, you might wind up going ahead and cuddling with them that night and falling asleep even with them if you need to. But then the next day, you're going to have them restore all that sleep and free time you lost in dealing with them by doing a few chores around the house. Love and logic calls that energy drain, and you can learn more about that if you want. Yes, Even if they're only three or four years old, you're going to do this. They need to know that their choice to take away your free time has a cost. You love them and will help them get to sleep, but you need to let them know that you need their help to restore that time lost. You do it lovingly and with empathy. In the morning, you'll say something like, wow, that sure was a late night last night. I'm so sorry that you had trouble getting to sleep. And that mommy didn't have time to finish what I had planned. It'd be great if you helped out today by vacuuming the living room and sweeping the porch. I would also take a bit of time to brainstorm again with that kid to see what adjustments need to be made when you head to bed again that night. But you're gonna make them, you're gonna brainstorm during the day and you're gonna talk about what might be improved. Checking in with your child and making adjustments is really helpful. They need to know. That problems often take time and many adjustments to solve, and that you'll love them and work with them as long as it takes to solve this nighttime problem. In working with parents over the years, I have offered all this advice, and for many it works wonders. The choices and boundaries and knowing your child's nighttime currency, like books in this example, is super helpful. However, there are a few situations I'd like to offer further advice on. The first is when, if you have kids waking in the middle of the night with siblings in the same room that might wake up. One family I worked with has a small house with three kids, two who slept in the same room. Their four-year-old would wake up every night and scream so that dad had to get him and get him to calm down, or his son would wake up the whole house and the new baby oh my, it was definitely a problem. We decided that getting his child to calm down during the night was really imperative, so he needed to do that. And he'd he'd use special time, the special time solution, to brainstorm ideas about what they could do to remedy the situation. He would also need to work with his son to give him some jobs to help repair the sleep that dad lost by getting woken up at night. As we mentioned before, This will be with love and empathy. The chores won't be given as punishment for his behavior that he can't control yet, just a recognition that he caused distress to someone else and has to help even the waters a bit during wake time. Another dad of a four-year-old used special time to brainstorm with his son what books and stuffed animals he needed at bedtime, but he also let his son know he was too tired to play basketball with him when he's woken up at night since he's lost so much sleep. It took about a week for the two of them to brainstorm enough to figure out their nighttime solution. It was awesome to hear. Go dads! The next special issue might be kids wanting to climb into your bed in the middle of the night. Some of you might fall into this category, and I certainly did. My son, he went to sleep okay, but he'd wake up every night and he didn't wake up anybody else but me. He'd come quietly to my side of the bed and want to climb in bed and sleep with us. He was so cute at first, so of course I'd let him sleep with us. Sometimes once he got back to sleep, my husband or I would carry him back to his room. But sometimes he was there for the rest of the night. I was so tired of not getting a good sleep with a little one kicking and turning and taking space that I had enjoyed in our bed. So what I wound up doing is setting up a little bed next to ours that was just one of those little tiny futons for kids Um, and i put a crib sheet on it and a blanket and a pillow and i allowed my son to choose what else he'd like on the little bed Um, but it was small and fairly out of the way and i could still get in my bed then i let him know if he woke up in the middle of the night in his room he was welcome to come into my room and sleep there on the little bed and that sleeping with mommy and daddy was no longer an option. He was happy with that solution, so for about a year, maybe from four to five, he slept probably half the nights on that little bed. I was talking to another family, and they actually have a small teepee set up in their room, and they actually let their daughter, who's about six, just go ahead and sleep there all night. Another family put a sleeping bag outside their master master bedroom door for their daughter to sleep in if she woke in the middle of the night. If you don't mind and have the space, go for it. It really won't be happening when they're teens, believe me. Bottom line, if your child is waking you and you're losing sleep, feel free to be creative. But don't feel like you have to let them sleep with you. Sometimes just being near you will be just fine. The last topic I want to talk about is kids who wake up earlier than mom or dad. Somebody like me might consider it still nighttime, but it's really morning time. Actually, I'm going to tackle that topic, hopefully, in one of my next podcasts about morning wake-up times and getting ready. But to give you a hint, if you happen to have this issue, the idea would be to use special time to brainstorm some ideas with your kid. If your kids are really little... Go online and look for one of those kitty wake up clocks. They have these clocks that go that have a stop signal and it goes from red to green when they're allowed to get out of bed. But I'm going to give you more later on that in another podcast. But if you have that issue and you feel like you need some more support, feel free to email me. I'm happy to help you right now. But I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Getting kids to bed is a lot of work some nights. But I hope you can use fun choices and set some boundaries for getting to bed and getting ready for bed. I pray for all of you to have a bit more sleep, especially when some of us are not sleeping well right now for other reasons. Please remember that I'm here to help each and every parent who needs it. Feel free to email me, mary at parentingwithlogic.com.